0: It's so good to have everyone here tonight. Um, Tonight we're going to go to a passage in Deuteronomy. It's going to come on your screen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 to 9. Deuteronomy 6, verse 1 to 9. And it reads this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing, uh, the Jordan to possess, so that you Your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel. and on your gates, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, once again, Happy Father's Day to all the dads here. Also, Happy Father's Day to everyone listening in on the podcast as well. You know, being a, being a dad is, is truly a privilege. It's a privilege. You know, everyone gets to be a child. But not everyone gets to be a dad. You know, it's really a, a blessing. Um, to be a dad. Um, tonight I want to share a message with you called spiritual inheritance. Now let's start with the definition as I must, I realize I do this a lot, I always start with definitions. Uh, let's start with the definition of the word inheritance. The inheritance means the practice of passing on property, titles, debts, rights and obligations upon the death of an individual. The rules of inheritance are different among societies and have changed over time. Inheritance is something uh, that uh, the parents own or have, that when the parents die, that they pass on to their children. It gets passed on. Um, Why do we talk about inheritance, even though we're still alive? Because inheritance, um, as we know it, isn't just material things. Uh, inheritance isn't just limited to money and houses, but actually what we're going to see is that there are things that can be passed on generation to generation that are outside of material things. Studies in parenting and the effects on children uh, have been traditionally been about the mother and child relationship. Um if you go back and you look at um studies that have been done to do with parents and the influence that parents have it's usually around the mum and only recently only recently have we seen um a lot more studies being done about fathers um historically the mother was the sole responsibility of upbringing the child now you know we're talking you know, in our society, anyway, you know, it was a while ago, but there are still societies in the world today where the mother—it is the mother's job to raise the children, and and so the father would be uninvolved or absent in this area. But recently, I guess within our culture, we're seeing that the role of the father is actually more important than what we see. Um, science has shown that for many cases, children receive sixty percent of their traits from their dad, Um, 60%, and that means they only get 40% from their mum. Some of the traits include their height. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I married um, a shorter woman, so hopefully... Well, Chris is already taller than mum, so that's good. Um, Height, um, dental health, (laughs) dimples... Toes, fingerprints, and mental disorders. Um, 60% come from dad, and only 40% come from mom. What fathers give to their children is significant, to say the least. And that's just talking about genetics. When we start talking about influence, um, one writer says, even from birth, children who have an involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure, to be confident to explore their surroundings and as they grow older to have better social connection. Now this is all psychological studies. I'm not just making this stuff up. Another study writes, "The literature shows that a father's absence tends to correlate with poorer children's outcomes, including lower education, poorer health, Greater emotional and behavioral problems with effects lasting well into adulthood. Now, this is the studies. These are the studies that have been done. Now, you know, even without uh, reading these studies, a lot of us would probably already have an idea of this. Um, We call this daddy issues, right? Um, But the great thing is, what you inherit from your father doesn't have to define who you are. Okay, um, I've been a dad uh, for 12 years. Um, I've, been, I've, I've become a dad four times. Um, what a blessing. I have to, because my, my kids here, I have to say it today. Uh, <laughs> jokes. Chris, the first time was the best time, all right? Okay, don't <laughs> tell the other ones, okay? You know, like as a father, you know, we, we want the best for our children. You know, as a parent, we want the best for our children. Now, I know that it's not a hundred percent of every dad that um, feels this way, but I would say, in the most part, dads all around the world do their best. They do their best to give um, their children the best that they can give. Um, fathers work hard; they sacrifice a lot to give their children. Um, what is the best but the question tonight I want to ask and I want to ponder upon is actually the question of well if we're all going to agree that you know for the most part dads are wanting to give their children the best what is that best all right what is that actual best that that, that the father might uh, be wanting to give to their children and I know that this is, seems to be a very specific um very specific sermon about fathers, but but if you're a single male, hopefully one day you will get married and then you'll be a father. So you kind of need to know this. And if you're if you're if you're a, a married um, female, then then your husband will one day uh, be the father of your children. So you got to know this too. And if you're a single female, then hopefully you'll marry a guy that will become the the father of your children. So it's all relevant to everyone. Just depends on whatever situation you're in. What is it? When, dads, when we say that dads want the best for their children, what is that best? Now, I want to start with two mistakes that we make. The first mistake is this. We allow the child to define what is best. The first mistake that dads and mums make is that we let children define for themselves what is best. And we see this all the time. We see this all the time where the parents are not in control. It's actually the kids that are in control. And, and one of the best examples is mealtime, okay? Parents know that children need an assortment of food. They need all their food groups, right? And so they will give them, you know, meat, carbs, protein, okay? And a little bit of sugar, okay? And parents should know what they get. But you ask the children, your children, what do you think is best for you? And we will give you that. They will be eating chocolate morning, lunch, and dinner right? See, a parent should know better. But the problem is, we're letting our kids decide. We're we're, we're getting stories of kids going absolute bonkers. And they're, they're complaining to their parents, you know, I want the latest iPhone. I want the latest technology. I don't want to go to school today. I want to go and do this. I want to go this. And the parents, they go, oh, okay, well, you know, we live in a free, you know, like society. And, you know, the kids are old enough to know, okay, let's just support that. This is a huge mistake because parents have to know better. That's the whole idea. You're a parent. Okay? So the first mistake is that that we let the children define what best is. The second mistake that parents make is that we let the world define what the best is or pretty much strangers, people that don't even know our kids. There are so many books, articles, Blogs, TV shows about what is the best for your child. Uh, if you have, a, if you're not a parent, when you get there, you understand there. There is millions, millions of voices in the world that are that are telling you what is best for your child. But here's the mistake. The mistake is this: if that really was the best, if there really was one best. Uh, you know, practice or one best theory, then there wouldn't be a million ideas. Because the reality is, the world doesn't know what best is, the world just has their own opinion. There wouldn't be millions of articles and books and schools of thought about what is the best for our children. Really, there would only be one if that was the best. But the reality is, they are not the best. The world does not know what the best is for our children. They are me, opinion, one person's thoughts about the matter. Okay, and they're the two mistakes that we make as parents. We listen to the kids too much, and we listen to the world too much. We think that giving our children what they want, giving them what the world tells us they want, is the best. Now, what does this lead into? This leads into giving our children things like money, possessions, education, a good family name, status in society. And we think that this is the greatest thing that we can give to our children, that the greatest inheritance we can leave with our children. But I want to tell you tonight, especially to all the parents out there and especially to all the fathers out there, the best thing that you can leave for your children is not money, it's not possession, Is not status, it's not houses, it's not material things. But the best thing that you can give to your children is for them to know their creator. It's for them to know their heavenly father and that's God. Why? Because God knows what is best for them. Because he created them and he loves them more than even you too. The passage we read today, um, to put it in a bit of context, comes directly after the reading of the Ten Commandments. Right? The Ten Commandments are given to God's people to help them to live a flourishing life. Uh, we have this misconception about the Ten Commandments that, that God gives us these rules to restrict us, but no, God gives us these rules to actually free us. And after the reading of the Ten Commandments is given, this is what is given, and and... There's a few reasons why God gives these commandments. Why, why, do, why does God give these commandments to his people? And we see this in verse 2 and verse 3. Firstly, verse 2, it says, So that you, your children and their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as they live, by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that they may enjoy long life. The two things in there, that their generations following would fear God. And when we say fear God, we're not saying scared of God. We're saying respecting God. We're we're given these commandments so that that we would, and then our children and then their children, would never forget who God is. And secondly, it's that we may enjoy long life. There is correlation. There is correlation with obedience to God and long life. That's what the Scriptures tell us. What about in verse 3? Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land gl- uh, glowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, uh, the God of your ancestors, promised you. That it may go well with you. That's why these commands are given, so that when you obey them, that it will go well with you. Don't you think, right? Think really carefully, right? Really logically. If God, the creator of the heaven and earth, the God who created you and I, gave us these rules, not rules, just guidelines, these these, these um These boundaries for us to play in. And when we obey God, do you not think that God's going to take care of you? Do you not think God's going to be pleased? And so that's why it says that it will go well for you and that you may increase greatly. And this this is all language of blessing. That you will be blessed. You will be blessed. The commandments weren't given to restrict the people of God. They were given to bless the people of God. Verse seven, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God's command, God's people were commanded to pass on these commandments. To pass them on to their children and then their children. Because... This is the best thing that a father can pass to his child. It's God. It's God himself. Our children need God as much as we need God. He knows them and he loves them. Just in the same way, God knows us and He loves us. He knows them. He knows them inside out and He loves them inside out. You know how amazing that is to think about that, even for ourselves? That God knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows, you know, He knows what you were like as a child. He knows what you're going through now. He knows the mistakes you've made. He knows, and yet He still loves you. Isn't that amazing? And I'm like, I am so grateful that my God knows me, and even though he knows me and knows all my crap, and all the the dirtiness of my heart, he still loves me. Man, there's no one like God, and I want that for my children. I want my children to know that, God. In our society where identity, value, and worth are being questioned, When we read that our God knows us and that our value and worth and love come from Him, don't you think that that's what our children need? To be secure, to be significant, and to be satisfied? I want my children to have the best. There's no doubt about it. I want my children to have the best, but I know that the best that I can provide is going to be limited. And it's okay. I can share this in front of my son. Um, he knows how limited I am. He knows that I have so many flaws. He can write a book about it. I'm limited. like I'm limited in my finance. I'm limited in my time. I'm limited in my my strength. I'm limited. But I can introduce him to God. And I can introduce him to my Heavenly Father who is not limited. He has all the resources. He has all the time. And he has no flaws that limit him. This is why the best thing that I can give to my children is not something that I can produce, but is to introduce them to the one that made him, to his heavenly father. I want my children to have spiritual inheritance more than earthly possession. Why? Earthly possession will fade away. Earthly status will fade away. But knowing God and being a part of his family. When earthly possession finishes, when education finishes, when your life finishes, the spiritual inheritance will continue to bless my child for all of eternity. This is where the rubber meets the road. Especially all of our parents. I want you to carefully consider what you are investing into. Yes, a million dollars may change your child's life right now, but will it change their eternity? Your family name may get your child into places in this world, but at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter with that family name is being on that gravestone, on that tombstone, but the inheritance of God the inheritance of God through his son Jesus can not only alter your child's life in this life but alters it for all of eternity. You know, Proverbs twenty-two-six says start children off on the way they should go and even when they are old they will not turn from it. If I take a moment to pause if we take a moment to think about our dads or our parents, and said, "I'm sure we have a whole variety of experiences. What did they leave for you? What did they pass on to you? You know, what do you think is the most important thing that they're going to pass on to you?" My dad, um, a typical uh, migrant, came from Korea. You know, worked very hard very hard to give his children the best. You know, that's common. Everyone does that, right? It's this idea that they want to give them the best. And so it's like, you know, they worked hard. And so that, you know, we could have opportunities that they could never have. We could have education that they could never have. We could have, you know, comfort at a level where they they could never have. But can I tell you, out of all the things that I have received from my dad, the, the thing that I look at now, even just being in my 30s and looking at my dad and the life that he lived, it wasn't the money. And it's not the money. It will never be the money. It's not what suburb I live in. It's not what you know portfolio of housing that I have. It, it's it, it's, it's going to be nothing. It's not even my personality. You know what it was? The the biggest thing that's made an impact in my life that's going to make an impact for all my eternity is that every morning my dad wakes up and he prays for me. And he gets up and he spends time with God. And my dad wakes up early. He, he he's a welder. He starts you know six thirty in the morning, right? So he's he's leaving the house at five thirty. But I can remember I can remember every time I would wake up like super early for whatever reason. The one image that I have of my dad is him sitting at his table with his head bowed and the Bible right in front of him and he's either reading scripture or he's praying. That is the inheritance that he has passed on to me. Friends, there is nothing. Think about that. Think about the comparison. Tell me one thing. Tell me one thing that you think that you can give to your children that is going to be more impacting in their eternity than God Himself. And yet, what we do is we find ourselves investing into this life. We bust our butts trying to give our kids the best education and, and the best housing and the best security and the best safety. And, and, and we're just investing into this, this little temporary world. You know, I use this analogy all the time. It's like going off to a camp. It's like going to holiday and you go to a holiday house and you're like, you know what? I want my kids to have the best holiday house ever. And you're there for three days. And so you start like knocking down the walls. You get all your money, you invest into, you know, know, renovating this holiday house that you're going to leave in three days. You know, you bring all your furniture from home. No one does that. And yet when we come to parenting, we do. We need to really think about this. What is it that you want your children to have? As a father, what is it that you want your child to have? Uh, one of the, the, the big struggles that I had in my previous church, being a a, a a Korean church, they wanted things to be done in Korean. And I don't mind that except the fact that I can't speak Korean, so it's very difficult for me. But sometimes they would, they would question, like they, they would put faith and, and Korean kind of on the same level. And I remember saying this, and I remember some of the mums, um, when I said this, I think they were a little bit shocked. And I said, do you really care? Do you, do you really think it's going to be important for your kid to be speaking and be fluent in Korean in hell?" Like, do you really think that on the last day that that's going to be important? Oh, look how good my my, my kid is at Korean. You know, he went to Korean school. You know, look how many degrees my kid has, you know. He went to the best tutoring colleges. You know, look how much money, you know, my kid made. Do you think any of that's actually going to matter when it's not a question of earthly possessions, but when it's a question of heaven and hell? It's not. It's not. So why do we live like that? Because we we fall into the trap of the world. We fall into the temptations of the world. Fathers, we have 18 years. You know, the, the scariest thing for me is my oldest son, Chris, he's 12. So I don't have 18 years. I have six years left. I have six years left to give to him what I think is the most important thing, and that's God. I would give, and you know, I you know, I, I really believe this, that, that most of our dads would have this. I would give up easily, right here, right now, I would give up my life. I would give up my life if God guaranteed that all four of my children would meet him. I'm not ignoring the church, but just to put it in perspective, I love my kids more than you. Okay, don't take that personally, right? Don't take that personally. I love the church too, right? But I would give anything. Up to everything that I have for my children to know God. Like a good education, like a comfortable life. Like, oh, yeah, okay, that's okay for this life, but what about after when you die? Then what? Parents, future parents, please listen. Please listen and just put some perspective in today. The best thing that we can give to our children is not even you. It's not even what I can do. It's God. God. My, my son is in the front row, and he's, he's tearing up, and it's killing me, because he gets that from me. You know, that's, that's part of the 60%, man, you know, like, we both just watch TV, and we just like, it's like a McDonald's commercial, and we're both like tearing up, you know? You know, I, I don't get many services where my kids are in, so if it's okay with everyone, I just want to quickly address Chris. You know, Chris, I love you. You know that? And uh, so proud of you. Um, and and I'm so sorry that Dad is um, weak and and flawed and 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 not as rich as other dads and you know what not. But but Chris, you know what? Like, you know, I, I just want you to know God. You know, and I want you to know that God loves you, and He's so proud of you. And and you know, there's there's nothing else. You know, like we're gonna go to Disneyland. That's the best I could do for you this year, man. But but you know, God God He will He will protect you. Even when dad's not here, he will look after you. You know? Can you go You go tell that to the other kids? Okay, later. Okay. <laughs> that's your job as the first kid. Oh, man. The best thing that we can have in our lives, and maybe your parents couldn't give you this or didn't give you this, and that's okay because you have the choice now. The most important thing that we can have in our lives is not material possessions, it's not status, it's not fame, it's God. Because everything else will end when you die. But your relationship with God, where you stand with God, that's going to go all of eternity. So fathers and parents, especially today, impress them on your children. Impress them on your children, that they would know God they don't need to know the periodic table. They don't need to know or go to the best school you know, in New South Wales, North Sydney Boys. They don't need to know or go. Or they don't need to earn millions of dollars. What they need to know is their creator, God. I promise you, you will not regret that. Don't find yourself later in your life. Your kid is rich. Your kid is educated. Your kid has influence but doesn't know God. Matthew 7.11. It's one of the best verses. 7.11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is available for everyone, everyone today. Let's pray.